I want to uh, dedicate our class tonight with the permission of our host to Sas Parsakar in honor of his recent birthday and in honor of Eitan Svahigi's incredible uh, business deal that's happening right now. <laughs> There's a question that everyone addresses this question in different ways and this question affects every human interaction, affects all of our interactions in our life. And the more we cultivate this paradigm in our lives, the more relaxed we'll be, the happier we'll be, the more successful we'll be. And it works better than any other, um, than, than uh, Prozac or whatever it is. I'm not saying that you don't need that too. Maybe some of us do, maybe some of us don't. Sure. But, but, but besides that, there's something else that, that the Torah tells us that really is, is the most important thing to bear in mind, that is the most fundamental in living our lives. And the more we live this, the more we, the more we absorb this in a deep, internal, real way, the more, the more we'll be connected to where we need to get to in life and, 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 in, and also go on that path in a secure, strong, happy, and, and, and um, joyous way. I'm talking about the idea that whatever God does is for the good. We all believe in God, but it's sometimes difficult to cultivate the idea in your mind that God takes care of me personally. Sometimes people think that because they believe in God so much, they believe that God is like a big God, takes care of like the big issues in life, but me as an individual, my personal things that I'm dealing with now, like I know that Ellie and... Uh, I tried, I'm trying to figure out how to get the uh, the the uh, fried onion pizza into a 1501 Rio Vista. You know, it's 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 an important question, and not always. You know, can can you can you? Um, but the truth is that that this isn't just a uh, a question. It's it's something that we our lives are 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 around this. This is the center of our. This is this is the center of gravity of of how of our life experience, and. The question is, what is the reality of it? I mean, if Hashem takes care of the whole world, does it really matter to Him? The detail of the detail of my life, does it really matter? He's, so, he's such a big God who creates the whole world. One of the things we do every day is we say the Shema prayer. The Shema prayer we conclude with the words, I am Hashem, your God, took you out of Egypt. And again we say the words, I am Hashem, your God, a second time. Why do we say it twice? The reason we say it twice is to, give, is to inculcate into our psyche the message the, the following. You might think there's a big God takes care of all the Jewish people. When there's a Paro, when there's a Stalin, when something really big that needs to be taken care of, then God, when there's a Corona. But if I have one, my personal gripe, my personal issue, my personal thing that's bothering me, that, 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 that bothering me, that I, uh, that will He take care of me too? So that's why we echo the words again. We say, I am Hashem, your God personally. I'm not just the big God takes care of the big things. I am your God personally takes care of you for your issues. And I'm not just for the bigger issues but also the tiniest, tiniest issues. I want to address this question from something in this week's Torah portion. It's a very fascinating thing. We read this story about Jacob, Yaakov, meeting his brother Esau. They haven't seen each other for 34 years. After 34 years, they're about to meet each other, and Yaakov knows who his brother is. He knows his brother is not the nicest of people. He prepares to meet his brother. He prays to God to help him. He sets up a... Uh, a, a, a plan B if the, his brother wins the war he divides his camp into two just in case you know in case his brother wins at least some people will survive and then Torah says he um, he gives his brother a gift but right before he meets his brother 
Torah says that he travels across the river and he goes back to get something. But he goes to, it's a very mysterious story. He goes back and, he, and someone attacks him. doesn't say who it is. Someone attacks him. He fights with him the whole night. And after they fight the whole night, the guy manages to hit Yaakov, to hit Jacob in the back and his thigh. And the Torah says that in the morning, the guy, the guy Yaakov discovers this is actually an angel, the angel of Esau, angel of Esau. And Yaakov uh, asks him, give me a blessing. And he, he does this, I, I have to go, I have to go sing to God. Yaakov says, give me a blessing first. He gives Yaakov a blessing. He tells Yaakov, from now on your name will no, no longer be Yaakov. From now on your name will be Esau. Sorry. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ooh, I must have drank too much today. Thank you. <laughs> Imagine that kind of mistake in the Torah. <laughs> Excuse me. A small mistake. A small mistake. Speaking of small, speaking of small mistakes. Speaking of small mistakes. The question is, why is it that the Torah says we? When I read this passage when I was a child, I'm not exaggerating. When I was a kid, I used to always read Mayam Lois. Mayam Lois is a gathering of midrashic uh, and, and Talmudic thought, and I read. In Ma'am Lois, it has like it with a pasuk, it brings the verses in the Torah, and then it brings explanation. It then says the following verse, which I was thought for sure is a mistake in the book. I'm telling you, I actually went and opened the, the, the chumash to check, is this really in the Torah? I, I, right over here it says, Because of this, the Jewish people should not eat the Gid Hanashe. Because the angel hit Yaakov in the thigh. Now, I didn't doubt that this was true. I just was wondering, is this actually in the Torah? In the middle of all the whole story of Yaakov, I mean, find is a halacha about that we're not supposed to eat a certain part of the animal, the same part that the angel hit in Yaakov, we're not supposed to eat the same part, but the Torah says it right there. There's not one thing the Torah says we're supposed to commemorate that, that happened to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob today, except for this event. Think about it. The Torah was given 3,333 years ago. This is a special year. 3333. And before the Torah was given, the world existed for 2,448 years. There's nothing that happened to Avnitz and Yaakov that we have to commemorate except for this event about the angel and Yaakov and, and also the way we commemorate it. We have to commemorate not just that there was a fight but where he hit him. Don't eat that part of the animal. It's very hard. People who work in uh, slaughterhouses know that, that there's a certain part of the animal that we don't get, the Jews don't get to eat. The filet mignon is not so, uh, not so available. <laughs> and, uh, and, and even the parts of the animal which are available, you have, to, you have to take out that vein, the same vein that the angel touched Jacob we have to take that out of the animal. It's very difficult. You have to have very special training to take it out. Not every, not every most most uh, slaughterhouses just throw that part out, or, or they sell it to, to others because it's, it's complicated to, to take that vein out of the animal. And the question is why, you know, in Israeli comedy has a has a thing about uh, Israeli goash Hashim. I was thinking about uh, making fun of other religions, which perhaps we shouldn't do. But hey, if 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 they, they, they killed him with a truck, would you wear a truck instead of a the, the other symbol that they wear. So wh- why is it, so the question is, why is it that we commemorate this big event? Is it a big event or is it a small event? If it's a small event, then why, why are we commemorating it? And if it's a big event, why not talk about, why don't we have a day, the day that Jacob was saved? Let's have a day to celebrate. We have a Passover, we have a Shavuos. We're Jews, you know how we celebrate? We, they, they, they try to kill us, we won, and that's eat. So we don't have a Thanksgiving day for the day that God saved Yaakov. Instead, what do we do? We, just, we don't eat a part of the animal. Why are we focusing on the detail of the detail of the story? What, what's, what does that mean? So, there are various commentators explaining what this story is about. One explanation is from the Chizkuni. Chizkuni says something like this. He says, Yaakov was by himself in the middle of the night. How can a child leave his parent alone in the middle of the night? What's going on? 
Where are you? Bnei Yisrael, your father's alone in the middle of the night. You guys should have walked with him. You see what happens when you leave your father alone? Don't leave your father alone, ever. Yosef, are you listening? Okay. So that's, that's what the Chizkuni says. But is that all? Is that the whole message? Is that the whole message? A strange story in the middle of the night, he attacks that's the whole message? It has to be more. The Zohar says something different. The Zohar says, it's deeper. The Zohar says like this. The Zohar says, the word Nasheh, that, that, that vein that the angel touched, it's related to the word forget, like we're going to see in a few weeks. Menasha means to forget. So there's a part of our body which causes us to forget about Hashem. And the part of our body is the neighbors with the thigh of the animal. As in the language of the Talmud, there is one small limb in a human being. When you feed it, it gets hungry. When you starve it, it's satisfied. So because of the neighbor of that limb, the Torah wants to tell us, you have to watch out. That's something, maybe be very religious, keep lots of things, but there's something that gets everybody. Everyone wants to watch out for this. Everyone wants to watch their eyes. Everyone wants to keep modesty. This guy walks in on, uh, on, on Fifth Avenue and he sees there is a shop and there's selling watches. He walks into, he wants to buy a Rolex. I'm sorry, sir, we don't sell Rolexes here. What do you guys do here? We do circumcisions, Brit Milah. So what do you have in your storefront? You have, you have Rolexes. So what should we put on the storefront? <laughs> so, so the question is, so the Zohar is, what else should we put? What else should we put? All right. Okay, sorry about that. Anyway, so, um, so, so the question is, why does the Torah tell us a story, it's such a big story? So the Zohar says, it's not about that, it's about the neighbor. Okay, but is that all the Torah is telling us? There's a lot more details to the story. There's an angel, taxman of the night, and it's all... So the Sefer HaChinuch says something more broader. Sefer HaChinuch says a much broad, broader explanation. He says, Yaakov Avinu, he's going out in the middle of the night. He, is, he represents all of his children, all the Jewish people. And they go out in the middle of the night of the exile. And they ha- are scattered among all nations. And there are those, the children of Yaakov, which are presented by the, the thigh, which is next to the Brit Milah, which is a source of the Yaakov's children. So they are all going to come out of Yaakov, and they're going to have people to try to hit them. People try to hurt them. Esav huh? will try to hurt them. The descendants of Esav, the, the, the angel representing Esav, his, his uh, descendants of Esav will attack Yaakov, and therefore to... to um, Give the Jewish people the message when they're going out through history and they're afraid of what's going to happen to them. They should know that just like Yaakov survives the night and he makes it the next morning and the sun shines and he's healed, so too Jew has to know that no matter what's going on, we're going to be healed. Hashem is going to send Mashiach and things are going to be okay. That's what the Sefer Achinuch says. But the Sefer Achinuch leaves with a question. Sas, you know what the rule is? You can ask me that question. <laughs> The question is like this. If it's such a big thing, if it represents all of our history, then make a big event. We don't, how do we celebrate Shabbat? We celebrate Shabbat. That from the, on Shabbat, we, we, we stop doing one thing. We stop texting on Shabbat. No, on Shabbat, we stop everything. We don't work on Shabbat. Every holiday is all-inclusive, all-encompassing. We don't just put our, you know, our, our, our toes into a sukkah. The whole person has to do everything, eat, drink, and sleep in the sukkah. Every Jewish mitzvah is all-encompassing. Why is this this detail of a detail? The answer is very profound. The Torah wants to tell us something. And the message is that you might think that you're just an individual and your things that happen to you aren't so important, but there's, but Hashem is telling you with this story, with this mitzvah, 
that the detail of the detail of your life is important to me. I'm going to share with you two incredible, actually three incredible stories. You guys ready? Three incredible stories? You can handle it? Any piece of left? Okay. First story is about Natan Sharansky. When he was living in 1973 in Soviet Russia, he was engaged to marry Avital, and she was meant to leave to Israel the day after their wedding. She had a visa that expired the day after her wedding. So she told her husband, are you sure you want me to go? You know, I'm going to go to Israel and maybe you won't be able to come out with me because, you know, the Stalin didn't let, it's not just, after, not just Stalin, but the communists didn't let people get a visa so easily. He says, don't worry, I'll see you in Tel Aviv in a week or two. All right, she leaves. They don't give him any visa. He was a scientist, he was a master chess player. Uh-uh, they're not letting him go. But he didn't take this lying down. He made a big commotion in the world. He tried to reach out to various politicians all over the world. And they gave him 13 years in prison. So they came to his house in the middle of the night, the KGB. They arrested him. And he said to him, you're sending out lists of people who are Asiri Tzion, that, 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 that the, the um, Russian government isn't allowing out of, Russia, out of Russia. You are a spy. You're sharing private information. You are going to be arrested. So he ignores, um, ignores them. And he goes to gather the things from his house. He has to go to prison. And the day before he was arrested, his wife had sent him a package. She said, I don't know why this came to my head. I decided that you need a tehillim. Send him a tehillim. He's on the table, is a tehillim, and he tries to, and he takes a tehillim. He comes to, this, comes to prison. The first thing they tell him is, there's not a library over here. You know, you can, you know, no tehillim for you. He does a hunger strike, and they don't care about his hunger strike. They, 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 they torture him. They, they put him in solitary confinement for a year and a half. They cut his hands and feet. They gave him 13 years in prison. Very difficult. And after several years, one of the, one of the people in the, in the office, the agent, oh, okay, give him this tillum. What's a tillum? I'll give him, I'll give him the tillum. Gives him the tillum. The day after he gets the tillum, his father died. So he, he felt like the two moments in his life that he needed God most, he got like a sign from God. And he decided that he needs this tillum. So what do you do? He tried to learn the tillum. Anyone, even if you're Israeli, you can't read tillum. You don't know, you, you, maybe you think you can, but you really can't. Tillum is, if, if, if you're studying yeshiva all your life, you can't really read tillum. Tillum, you need to have study the commentaries on tillum to know what tillum means. Some of you could get a few words here, a few words there, but to know what tillum, and he, the, all, the, tehil, all the Hebrew he knew, all the Hebrew that this Natan Sharansky knew was from Yase Shalom, Yase Shalom, you know, from, 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 from the various upans. And, so how was he supposed to know what tillum meant? But he wanted to know what tillum meant, so he worked really hard, and he wrote down all the words of tillum, and he wrote it down. He tried to compare words to words, letters to letters. He was unsuccessful. He wrote down 23 chapters of Tehillim. Pages and pages. He got up to the first pasuk, the first verse he understood. And it hit him like a lightning. The verse he got up to was, I don't know if, I'm not afraid of evil, because I know God that you are with me. That's the pasuk he got up to. Huh? 23, right. Chav Gimel. See, when he got to this, which is all 23 is also famous because it's also the 23rd of Elul is also the birthday of this guy sitting next to you. Okay. 23, anyways. So 23, got, that was a message from me. So he felt, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a lost comet in, in the solar system. I'm not a, 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 a piece of sand in that, that doesn't matter. I'm here representing Am Yisrael, representing the Jewish people. I'm here for a reason. God cares about me and he's with me. No matter what's going on, I know that this is going to be something that, that is good for me somehow and I'm going to make it. And thank God he, he got out of uh, Russia and he, Baruch Hashem, became a very influential person in Israel. So, there was a, there was a uh, second story. Okay, there's actually uh, four more stories. Fine, you guys. How much time do we have left? 
four stories on here. There's a good one. It's a, it's a good story, right? Okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the point I'm trying to say is don't think that you're just one individual. You know the laws about this, about this, 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 this uh, vein, the Gedanasha? The Torah is very specific where it is. There's one opinion which says it's on both the left and the right uh, backside of the animal. Another opinion is because the angel hit Yaakov on both sides. Another opinion is that it's only on the right side because when someone puts their hand out and they, they, to hit someone in the back, they hit them in, in the back left. If you, hit, you use your strong hand, your right hand, you hit the person in the back left, therefore it's only the back left side of the animal. And does it exist by birds? So, so, so Talmud says, no, birds don't have that part of the animal. That's why it says, it says the Torah, the kaf. The kaf is a spoon. It's a part of the animal which is shaped like a spoon, which is a thigh. And birds don't have that, therefore it doesn't exist by birds. Why is the Torah going into such detail? The Torah wants to tell us, don't think that your individual personal life is ignored. And it's a very hard thing to cultivate. The, Tal- the Talmud says two, about two sages in the Talmud that had a hard time, and they discovered this truth. One was Rashim Ba Yochai. Rashim Ba Yochai walked out of the cave. He was in the cave for 13 years. Comes out of the cave. He sees a guy who's shooting, trying to catch birds. He, he shoots, he misses, he shoots, and he hears a voice come out of heaven. Dimus. When it, when, what, Dimus means mercy. He heard when Hashem caused a bird to be protected by the arrow, he heard the voice of Hashem. Rachamim. There'll be mercy this time. This bird will be saved. So Rashim Ba Yochai realized even animals are governed by Hashem's providence, how much more so Jewish people. Rabbi Yochanan, who lived a few generations after Shema Yochai, saw a stork come into the water. Storks have this, some people actually, they take birds, they tie them with the foot, foot of the bird to catch fish. Some birds are able to go underwater for, for a little bit, and he, he ties this, they tie the stork to catch fish. The stork goes in the water, and Rabbi Yochanan said, now I know what it means in the Torah, Mishpatech HaTom your judgment is deep within the ocean. Even within the water, there's a judgment, which fish will be saved, which fish won't be saved. It's a decision. It's not that it just happens by itself. There was an Israel. There was an Italian uh, musician. His name was Tuscanini. He was a what's it called? A uh, orchestrator, conductor. He was a composer and a conductor. Someone wrote a book about his life, an autobiography. He wrote the book while he's still alive. And he, he asked Tuscanini, "You know, I want to come over and interview." He said, "No, no, not tonight. Tonight, I have a friend. He's already older. He says I have a friend in Czechoslovakia who's going to perform on the radio." And I want to hear the performance. I want to go. I, I'm going to listen to the radio. I'm going to be very focused listening to the performance. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to miss this. So Tuscanini, I don't mind just watching you. You don't have to pay attention to me. I won't ask you any questions. Just can I come over and watch you do this? Okay, said. He comes over. I'll be quiet. Don't worry. He comes over. Tuscanini is listening to the performance. He's glued to the radio. The performance is finished, and, the, and this this writer says to him, "No, how was it? How was it? It was good, but not 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 perfect." He says, why not? He said, they're missing one violinist. What do you mean? There's 120 parts to the orchestra, and there's supposed to be 20 violinists. There's only 19. <laughs> so he says, it's impossible. You, you, you're joking around with me. You're, here, you're, you're in Italy. But he checked it out, and he was right. And he asked him, how in the world did you know? How could you possibly have known that? So he says, listen, I'll tell you the difference between a composer and, 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 a, and, a, and a, someone who just listens to music. Composer hears every note. If you listen, you hear the general music. You don't hear every note. A composer knows and hears every note. I don't just hear the general sound. I hear every note. It's supposed to come out when everyone's contributing. In the same way as also in God's world, in the world Hashem made, there's a puzzle. It's not just Hashem takes care of, of, of those who are focusing on the Torah, or those who are doing excellent and amazing in the mitzvot. 
There's a whole puzzle. Each of us is part of this puzzle, and everyone has to contribute their note for God's for God, in God's world. Every detail is important. There was a um, there is a shliach chabad rabbi in Delaware. His name is Rabbi Vogel. I know I say Delaware. I may make, make already you're getting upset. to say the word Delaware. What's manzeh? Listen, he he uh, before Rosh Hashanah, night of Rosh Hashanah rather. He tells everyone, Rosh Hashanah is Yom HaZikaron, the day of remembrance. Let's remember everything in Rosh Hashanah. So one guy says, hey, you know what? I really want to uh, commemorate people that are forgotten. In Israel, soldiers who, um, who have no family, they're called the... Uh, the la- what? what? Nochebedet is just, just that they're by themselves. Nesher Acheron. So uh, there are people, you know, that, that are, no one's saying, remembering them, I want you to please, Rabbi, remember those soldiers and no, don't have any family. The, the most of their family died in the Holocaust and they survived the Holocaust. I want you please to commemorate them. Okay, so, so, so the Rabbi says, fine, Yom Kippur is coming. Yom Kippur, it, well, we have, uh, we, we say Yiskar and Yom Kippur. Give me a list of those soldiers find out which soldiers no one's saying Kaddish for and I'll commemorate them for sure so day Yom Kippur comes the rabbi gets a list from this guy a list of, he managed to get a list of four soldiers who had no, no family at all no one's saying Kaddish for them no one remembering them they were the last person there in their, in, their, in, their, in their dynasty and he brings this list to the Chazan Chazan is a certain Mr. Goran Mr. Goran is looking at the list and he starts changing colors why is it changing colors? So he, tell, he explained to Rabbi afterwards. He said, I didn't know my father that much. My father died when I was 12. But he said, there's one thing my father always told me. My father told me that in his, in his um, chida, in his uh, um, battalion, in his, in his group in the army, he had a friend who was the last member of his family, and his name was Hanan Gruber. Hanan Gruber was the last person in his, most of his family died in the Holocaust. He was the last one there. My father told me, and I wish I could just do something for Hanan Gruber. Someone should remember him because no one remembers him. He has nobody else in his family. That's, a, that's something he remembered from his father. So now you give me the list. Who is on the list? Who's number one on the list? Hanan Gruber. So we can't ever think that we are forgotten, that our challenges are our own or by ourselves. Wherever we are, wherever is going on, there is a Ashkacha Prati, there's a direct divine providence as a Baal Shem Tov taught even a leaf blowing in the wind is by, is by Hashem's hand but it goes more than that you know a man comes home a man doesn't, doesn't he just needs a place so he can cut, uh, cut cucumbers in the kitchen right that's, that's, that's why you have a kitchen but for a woman if there's one one peeler that's not there only have four uh, dairy peelers you're missing you don't have five it's not, things are the way, aren't the way it's supposed to be oh, it's a tragedy right so, so if, if that's how it works in, in our kitchen how much more so is it for a woman in her kitchen, a woman in her home, how much more so is true for God watching over the whole world? Every single detail matters. But there's something unique about Yaakov. Yaakov isn't just a part of creation. Yaakov is God's treasured child. The Jewish people aren't just part of the, the puzzle of creation. We are God's child. And just like the Baal Shem Tov says that God loves every single one of us like parents who have an older child, a child born in their old age, so you have to realize that whatever challenge we have, we're not alone. God takes care of us. 
and it's all and the, the night of Galut, the night of exile, is already finished. Already at the ready, the dawn of the Geula, and something to, something to think about. To the more we think about this, the more we realize we're not alone. The different walk around differently, walk around happier, walk around with more energy, more direction, more knowing that we're not alone and we're going somewhere. Tonight, tomorrow night is Yutet Kislev. It's the anniversary of the day when the God gave us these teachings that I just shared with you comes from the teachings of Baal Shem Tov, the teachings of Chasidut. And that's the day of Rosh Hashanah, of Chasidut. They have a tremendous bracha for Am Yisrael. We're heading to a special time now. Let's say L'chaim. L'chaim L'vracha. Sasha, a very happy birthday. Shantaslacha. And all those in the marriage row on this side of the table. Should, uh, and this side also. And this side too. <laughs> should all find the good Shidduch of Mamish. And the Iker, his main thing is... Huh? <laughs> the main thing is we should see because of Mamish the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu and on of all the Tzarot because of Mamish the Chaim Chaim Racha.